I really can't believe uh, that we're back in this weird, weird time. Welcome to Movie Cinema Film. <laughs> Hi, I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Jordan Freed. Mm-hmm. And right now, we are currently watching election results drift in on Wednesday after the presidential election before um, I am to head off to New Jersey Weed Man's Joint <laughs> to celebrate the legalization of marijuana in New yes! Jersey. Yes! Um, but we are sitting in anticipation. How Ho- long until we can literally just go pick up weed? Um, How long does it take? Well, it's just legal now, so nobody's going to get caught by the cops unless the cops are big dicks, which sometimes the cops are big dicks. But, like, uh, in general, you can, like, just get weed wherever you were getting weed before. Like, perhaps if you wanted to get weed from NJ Weed Man, he would happily sell you weed. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think I'm going to do that. Because that is his protest because he wants to sell weed like he's white because of the Caucasian cannabis corporations that are about to take over the marijuana industry in New Jersey. So uh, if you are going to be buying marijuana, please make sure you're buying it from a black man or a woman or a person of color in general because they're disproportionately affected by the drug war waged on them, basically, while white people were doing the drugs. Word. Actually, they're every industry. Ever since the reignition of the Black Lives Matter movement, I have tried to, if I, when I think about how I need something, and I realize, oh, I need that, let me go, uh, let me type it in on Amazon, I'm like, wait, let me see if I can get this from a black-owned business, because since the summer, there are so many lists, there are great resources, if you do want to try and buy from more black-owned businesses, it's so easy. They put everything, they separate it into sections. No matter what you want, you can probably find it from a black-owned business. So you should, because why not? That's how you change the world, yes. is by taking money out of the hands of racists. So uh, continue to do that. Yeah. Put the money in the hands of uh, good people so that they could change the world for the better. So today, our film that we're going to be talking about is uh, a little film called On the Rocks. By Sofia Coppola. But before that, we're going to talk about uh, father-daughter movies. Yes. Um, If it's your first time listening, then let me just tell you that every week we have a different movie that we discuss, a new movie, and we also choose movies with similar themes that we love from the past to recommend to you. So if you end up watching these because of us, let us know. DM us at Movie Cinema Film on Instagram or Movie Cinema Phil on Twitter. Yeah, we're always open in our DMs. Uh, We're also willing to review films. We're also open to sponsorships. If you ever want to sponsor our podcast and toss us a little bit of money to get a plug on our show, uh, we're not above that. We need to make a living. Uh, Hit us up. So, uh, Leah... Since you uh, actually have experienced father-daughter relationships, I think I'll let you start out because I am just so uh, far away from this world that I don't even know uh, what would be an accurate movie of this relationship. (laughs) Well, my favorite father-daughter movie by default, because it's one of my top movies of all time, is Paper Moon. I talked about that in our very first episode ever. 
which led Brandon O'Brien to watch the movie and now he DMs me a picture of his TV screen every time he watches it. So I appreciate that, Brendan. Thank you for listening to me. You're a very smart man. So if you want to hear about how much I passionately love that movie, check out our very first episode that we recorded two years ago where we just kind of sit and talk about our favorite movies. That was our inaugural episode and it was really fun. So check that out. But because I already talked about that, I'm going to choose one honorable mention and then one winner. So my honorable mention is the remake, maybe my first remake recommendation. Wow of The Parent Trap. That is a great choice, and it's actually a film I've seen, so. Oh, good. I, I feel so versed in uh, talking about it and being present to this. Yeah. This is one of those movies that I loved as a child, and over time, every single time I've watched it again over the years, it just holds up so well as an adult. I think it's such a well-made movie. It was Nancy Meyer's first time directing, and it's one of the only films that I would say I think is better than the original. Wow. Yeah. It is. It really is. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, actually, it's funny. Legend. It, she is. She is a total legend. Icon. Thank you. Thank you for getting it, because she is. And the other movie that I would say that I think is better as a remake is Freaky Friday. So she's really killing it in the remake department. And honestly, they need to get her on a new one, because... What about Herbie? Oh, see. You didn't like that remake. I'm her. not. No, I'm not a big Herbie fan in general. What about though? the Canyons remake? No, I don't think I that was a remake. That, <laughs> that wasn't a remake. <laughs> I did see that. That was an interesting time in her life. So, this movie has such a silly, ridiculous premise, which, if you don't know, is that these two people met, fell in love, had this whirlwind relationship, had twin girls and for whatever reason they don't make it clear which I actually like that part of the story why they broke up they had some horrible breakup where they decided that they absolutely could never see each other again and so they each took one daughter the dad moved to California the mom lived in England and they raised their daughter separately never told them about each other and then the two girls end up being sent to the same camp and meeting each other and they're identical and obviously they freak the fuck out and they're like what the hell is happening and then that's also happened uh there was somebody who went to Tulane who met their twin at Tulane no long lost twin yeah like this adopted happened? twins yeah they like met at my college for the first time and they both ended up at the same college no yeah legit Oh my god. See, I'm talking about how this is a ridiculous premise, but it's not, I guess? No, like, it's actually happened. Also, if we've seen, we've talked about Three Identical Strangers as well, right. which now that proves that it's even crazier. Whoa! Yeah. They should do, oh my god, they should do a sequel where they, they find a third. <laughs> so. I always got a joke that my dad, like, he's a twin, and I was like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, my dad was, like, a long-lost, like, quadruplet? And, like... <laughs> oh my god. You never know. Yeah. So then they decide to switch places so they can get to know the other parent, and while it is a far-fetched premise, I really love seeing movies that have a ridiculous main story, but it works so well because they ground it with really, really great writing and great performances. For me, obviously, Lindsay Lohan, this was the first time we saw her, she was a little girl, she had never starred in a movie before, to my knowledge, and here she is doing two performances, and she's playing totally different people, and she really nails both of the entire 
aspects of that character or those characters you know the one is very uptight and fancy and has been to finishing school and is English and is very proper and the other one is very laid back from California and more rebellious and more willing to break the rules and things like that and she just does such a good job and so I think that really connects you to the movie in a deeper way and then all of the side characters are so good they're so funny and then there's the parents, which I think really make this movie so great because they completely sell this idea that they were madly in love and then they completely ruined it. They made a horrible decision and they both for the past, I think 11 years, felt like they made a mistake but they couldn't act on it and fix it. And I think Dennis Quaid totally could have had a better career. I mean, he's one of those people that everyone kind of knows, but he's never really had that big moment of, I'm, you know, nominated at the Oscars, or I, you know, am starring in this huge movie, really, right? Maybe if he didn't like Trump, he would be more successful. Wait, is he? I is think he, he a is. Trump supporter? I think he is a Hollywood Republican. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, I know he's like 60, and I think he just married a 20-year-old, right? Sounds like a Hollywood Republican. Yeah. I mean, I, I can even understand 60 and 30, to be honest. But 20? That's a lot of years. I can't breathe. Like, <clears throat> with that. Are you kidding? So. Somebody's trying to get that money. For sure. I mean, come on. So, anyway, but despite Dennis Quaid's personal decisions, he's so great in this movie, and... Then we have the late Natasha Richardson, who is just so beautiful and graceful in her performance. And I think they both have these really silly scenes where they have to be very over the top and it's kind of even goofy in certain parts. And they completely nail the comedic part. They have such good timing, but then they really have to sell this relationship to you, right? They have to make you feel like it's what they did is not insane and that they really do have this bonded connection and they totally sell it and then the father-daughter aspect I just love so much it's kind of equal with the mother-daughter aspect though but I always I've seen this movie probably like 20 or 30 times and I always cry when they first see their opposite parent and the parent thinks that it's the daughter they know but the daughter knows that she's meeting this person for the first time since she was a baby. It makes me so emotional and I just think the whole movie is so well done. It's my comfort movie for sure, but I do think it's just a genuinely great film and that's my honorable mention. It is a very honorable film mm -hmm. with very honorable actors and actresses. So my honorable mention, um, I think we've talked about it, but only shat on it, so I think I'm going to talk like oh, favorably no. about this movie today, because I feel like in a time when we're really seeing America's true colors, uh, I want to bring up American Beauty as my honorable mention. Oh my god. I would never shit on that movie. It's one of my top movies of all time. I think, like, I've definitely shat on it. Like, I've gone back and forth, because, like, it was definitely a movie when I, like, started being interested in film that I was like, oh, wow, this is a good film, like, as a teenage boy. And then as I got older, I definitely became more in the school of thought, like, wow, this is, like, a very dumb movie about how men are, and it just, like, 
sexualizes women. And then now, like, I'm watching the election, and I'm watching, like, how people view, like, women, how people view this country, and I'm kind of like, wow, like, we really do live in an American beauty world where, like, men are just pigs and, like, can't relate to their daughters, and, like, they're just so awkward that they just make everybody else's lives around them miserable. Um, not saying that's what Kevin Spacey's character did necessarily, but, like, he is, like, a bad person in the end, but also, like, he's a bad person because everything around him is also bad. And, like, in just, like, suburban life in general, I feel like there are roles that women are supposed to play and there are roles that dads are supposed to play. <laughs> um, like, yeah. And I think this film, like, does a good job of, like picking out a dad who doesn't really fit the role of being a dad and picking a daughter who doesn't really fit the role of being, like, that daughter, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like, the daughter who's going to be given away to, like, uh, a boy in town who's going to happily get married and start their family and all of that stuff. Like, at least that's how the film wants you to feel about these people. Um, yeah. And I just think it is a very prescient film, like, with a lot of stuff. Like, I think today, still, like, the way people feel about weed is still very similar to how it's seen in that film. I think the way that people feel about gay stuff, like, I'd like to think that we're more less homophobic and more accepting of gay people, but, like, I don't even fucking know after this election. Like, Not- people don't give a shit. It, like, it's so sad to, like, look at these Southern votes where, like, Democrats are turning out in droves and, like, they're bringing out more people than have ever voted before, but, like, Republicans still come out in bigger numbers to deny people of rights they still come out in bigger numbers to push abortions uh into illegality and to make it harder for people to get safe abortions and basically poor black people to get abortions so that they're in economic insecurity for their whole lives and shit like that like it's just fucked up and like it just makes me sad that like this is how our country is but then i look at like a movie like american beauty and i'm just like yeah men are just fucking obsessed with objectifying women and they just want to sexualize women and that's all they care about is making enough money so that they could just get women and it sucks and i think like we do need to really put men under a microscope and put white people under a microscope as we've been doing but like it just sucks that there are so many people who have seen these protests and stuff like that and, like, haven't been hip to, like, the changing tides in the world and they're like, no, everybody's out of control, like, we can't change, like, we need police, we need this, we need that, and it's like, no, like, everybody needs to chill and, like, let people be themselves and, like, not scare people and, like, have guns all the time, (laughs) you know? Yeah, well, I do think in a neighborhood in a nowhere USA kind of small town, like, in American Beauty, I'm sure that... I'm sure that a man like that would hide that he was gay. I'm sure. Like, he wouldn't come out and leave his wife and tell his kids or anything like that. I could totally see this still happening, even in even in a blue state, really. If it's, I mean... Oh, yeah, in Warwick, like, I was on, like, by Tinder for a little bit. And, like, you see people and you're just like, yep. It's just like, you know, like, you don't say anything because that's, like, the code, you know? Right. But, like, you see people, you know who's gay, and you're like, yeah, they're definitely in the closet, but, mm-hmm. like, it's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's also why we are in this situation where Trump could even be close, because everybody who's gay basically tries to move to a city if they get enough money to move to a city. Mm-hmm. And then the few people who are left behind are especially unsafe. Like, a lot of the people of color move to cities if they want to feel liberated 
isolated and they want to feel like they can do whatever they want to do. But then the ones who stay behind in places like Warwick or like in small towns like in American Beauty, like it just breeds like this white mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this movie is a masterpiece and I think I'm a little less hard on the main character than you are, which I totally respect your opinion and it's very valid and I don't even really disagree with it to be honest with you but I think that I feel a deeper sense of empathy for him than maybe you're experiencing and it's hard because it's Kevin Spacey and what we know about him now but if you take that part out of it and we're literally just judging the character I think this movie is just a beautiful meditation on the things that happen to us in everyday life and how we deal with them. My favorite character is actually not Lester, it's Carolyn. I love her plotline. Everything with her trying so hard to be the perfect realtor with the perfect house and how he just deconstructs that based on, yeah, these feelings, these inappropriate feelings that he has for a younger girl. I almost wish that she was at least like 18 so it was a little bit less disgusting not that when you turn 18 it you know magically makes it not disgusting yeah. but I do have I, I I don't know I just I think the end at the the scene at the end where you know he can't bring himself to have sex with her knowing that she's a virgin it's kind of like I think that they're showing he got all wrapped up in these very sexual feelings and then once he's in the moment of actually doing what he thinks he wanted he does have a moral compass and realizes that it's wrong so I think maybe not in that specific scenario but I think that that is something a lot of people can relate to because I think that sometimes not just when you meet people I think it's there's seduction in all kinds of forms you know with career and basically any other anything else that there's high stakes in life there there can be some form of seduction that it just hits you and it's almost like you're hypnotized and it just sets you off in another direction and then you sit for a minute on a random Thursday and you realize oh my god this actually this isn't okay, or maybe it's not legally wrong or morally wrong, but I'm not okay with it. But for me, this movie is really just all in the individual scenes. Like, I think there, I think there's some really perfect scenes and sequences in this movie where if you didn't know anything about it and you just played it for somebody, they would be blown away. Especially, I, I love the part when she is fixing up her, that house for, you know, trying to sell. And... That to me is just so beautiful to see what's behind someone who opens the door and is just like, hi, how are you doing today? I'm so excited that you're here, blah, 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 and all of that kind of stuff and what's actually going on in her life. I, the family dynamic is so good. I love everything that happens at the kitchen table. It's just brilliant. It's so well written. And for me, I think the fact that it does go dark and it does have a character that's not entirely that's you know pretty morally reprehensible but you know even even putting that aside you know it doesn't have characters that are entirely likable or anything like that it just feels so real to me and also the um I don't remember the guy the kid's name but his parents Chris Cooper and Allison Janney those two performances are you kidding me I could watch just their scenes over and over and over again so I'll stop now, but that is, like, in my top ten movies of all time, so... Yeah, I also think it's really interesting, because I don't even know if in 2000, like, we were fully in this zone yet, but, like, we're definitely in the zone now, where it's just, like, men don't want to work. 
and it's like, <laughs> like, I feel like men are kind of like, I don't even want to compete with this shit, like, this is so boring, like, I've seen where it's brought, like, my parents, I've seen where it's brought yada yada, and then I think we also have the situation where women are like, I'm excited to, like, be in these positions and, like, kick ass and, like, be a businesswoman and make all this money, and, like, now I think we have, like, this culture war going on because men are basically <laughs> useless, <laughs> because they've gotten to the point where it's just like, well, I've seen, like, where this goat gets from being super competitive and, like, trying to please a boss all the time and like it just never works you know well i do think it's really fun to see somebody say fuck it like he does in this movie yeah and release himself from some of the social constructs that most of us just all agree on for no reason we just are like yeah this is this is how we all live okay got it and we just kind of follow and get on these conveyor belts and just really don't even have any autonomy in where we're even going. And it's fun to just see him throw all that out the window. Of course, he's going to die, so he can easily do this. <laughs> and, he, and it doesn't have long-term effects. What might have been more, maybe not more interesting, because I think the movie is fascinating, but it would have been interesting to see another version where he lives, and then how does he move on from, you know, all of his decisions that he's made. Maybe that would be a good sequel. They put his brain sequel. back together, and he wakes up <laughs> in the hospital, and he's like, how do, how do I go back to living next door to these people after their, the husband shoots me? <laughs> how, do I, how do I go back to my wife after knowing that she cheats on me? And like, <laughs> well, even just a, a reimagining. How do I go back to Janie after knowing that I wanted to fuck her best friend, and I put it out on the table? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, people in suburbia and all over the place do live with these realities all the time. I feel that there's so many unacceptable, beyond disgusting things that happen, and we all do accept it because it's, you know, what are we going to do? We can't change our whole lives all the time the way that Lester does. You can't. I mean, I think that's something that's coming up in this election a lot for me is I do know people that voted for Trump, and the way I feel about it is my blood relatives that have been there since birth there are some of them that I don't talk to anymore and I try to avoid at all costs. But then there's some of them that I'm too deeply intertwined with. They're like the fabric of my life and I can't blow up my whole family in order to avoid them. And so I do have to compartmentalize the part of them that I love and the part of them that voted for Trump. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're not my blood, literally, goodbye you know you're you're never gonna see me again and I think that so many people just say well you know we can't let this tear our relationships apart and we can't let this divide us that you know that that means the Democrats won or if you're on the other side that means the Republicans won if we're all divided and I just don't feel that way I just feel like I don't want somebody in my life who feels like he should be the president that's crazy to me beyond any other I mean I've said this before but beyond any other Republican this is not the same as Mitt Romney this is not the same as George Bush this is different and if you think that if you thought he should be the president four years ago I have a problem with you but now after everything that's happened there's just no place for you in my life and I'm just peacefully saying goodbye okay I got a metaphor for you okay do you think Chris Cooper's character is Republicans? Of course. <laughs> and then Kevin Spacey's character is Bill Clinton, and his wife is Hillary Clinton. Ooh, 
I I would love to see. I'm sure that I'm sure there'll be movies made about Hillary, Hillary's life. I would love to see a similar scene to that Carolyn scene of Hillary, you know, getting ready for a debate or getting ready to even just walk into the White House or uh, or or when she was Secretary of State, getting ready for whatever, uh, you know, something, maybe one of the biggest, you know, maybe when they got bin Laden or something, like one of the biggest events in American history that she was present for and seeing her prepare everything and then seeing it maybe go the wrong way and her screaming and, you know, I mean, that, thinking about that is so exciting, actually. <laughs> I hope when they start making movies about the Clintons that they're not just terrible movies. I hope it is somebody like Sam Mendes or, you know. Are they going to include the part where they had uh, prison slaves at the Arkansas mansion? Well, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Working for 25 cents on the dollar? <laughs> I think I'm a little bit more interested in just the ascent. The real yeah. no 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 the real Hillary and Bill just remaking this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it's. I think this movie is very much like yeah. There's like the sensitive artsy guys, but they're all pervs, and then there's the military guys who hate their kids and hate everybody and like are so angry all the time. Yeah. I just love the descriptions of everything in this movie, though. Like, even though it's gross that he's obsessed with this teen girl, I think that scene is so beautiful when he sees her on the ceiling with all the roses. I mean, it's, it's like, gorgeous to look at, and I think... I mean, have we all not had that experience where you meet someone for the first time, and it's almost like this door is opening in your mind and body that you haven't ever felt before or ever seen? It's when when he says that line, I've used it so many times in my life. It's like I've been in a coma and I'm just now waking up. Yeah. I have felt that way a lot <laughs> about certain things. Not not solely romance or relationships or sexual stuff, but every everything in life that's been huge for me, I've been able to really relate to that and I use that quote very often. So even though in the film, and I think that's what makes this film so fascinating to me, is that I am grossed out by the fact that he's laying in bed staring at this image in his mind of this young girl who's underage, like, stripping for him, surrounded by roses. That does disgust me, but I also relate to it, and I, I, I understand it at the same time, and I think that's what great art does. Because to me, I've had a lot of people, you know, say, I'm never watching that movie again, I hate Kevin Spacey. And I've talked about this before because I love Woody Allen movies. It's like, to me, there's certain pieces of art that transcend anything in the physical world, which I know is very artsy and dramatic of me to say, and there's a lot of people who will disagree with that, and I'm totally fine with that, but to me, the, the Kevin Spacey that's playing Lester, Lester exists in this other universe, and so to me, I can look at him as Lester and not just constantly be upset, and I don't feel like I'm supporting Kevin Spacey by watching the movie because there's a hundred other people that worked on the movie, and I don't feel like their work should be buried forever because he's a fucking asshole, so... Also, you know Kevin Spacey isn't a predator towards women. No. <laughs> so this movie isn't he wasn't putting people in danger. <laughs> this movie is yeah, it's it's just a fantasy. I guess he was putting in his other co-star in danger probably. Oh my god. Mike. Ew. Ew, I wonder if he was hitting on that guy, the hot guy that she dates. What's his name? It's Wes Bentley in real life. I can't remember his name in the movie, but anyway. Wow, we talked Kevin a lot Spacey. about this. We love we love uh American Beauty, hate Kevin Spacey. Yes. Um 
I wonder how... <laughs> Do you think Kevin Spacey is just like, I hope Trump wins? <laughs> he's probably just saying, America deserves this shit. <laughs> like, he's well, probably like, so, I, I'm just going to keep all my money, you bastards. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't remember what movie it is or what director, but Kevin Spacey is filming a movie right now in France. So there are some people that do not feel like he is a bad why, person, I guess. Why don't they just get Roman Polanski, Woody Allen, and Kevin Spacey all the team up? And do one last. Oh my god! Hurrah! That would be so depressing if it was like a really great movie and we all were like, "God damn it!" I, I guarantee if that happened, the Academy would just be like, "Oh, don't we have to forgive?" Like that would be the year that they're just like, "Well, sexual assault is just forgivable. You guys have to learn to forgive. You guys are all terrible people." I mean, they probably would do that if they cast a bunch of black people in it because the Oscars want to prove so badly that they're not racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So, wow. choose this podcast, because on this podcast, you get so much political discourse. <laughs> so much discourse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh... Is it my turn? Yeah, I think you have to pick your actual film. My choice is, again, this is in my top films ever made. It's Alexander Payne's The Descendants. Wow. You've seen it, right? I have. I yeah. never thought of it as a father-daughter movie. It is. So, this movie to me is just beyond brilliant, and I, ugh, I, I think, how do I even explain how, I just love the portrayal of this family. I love seeing Hawaii in a uh, more realistic way, and not just as we're all vacationing and everything is great. I love the depiction of a relationship, uh, of a marriage, where one of the people is in a coma and the other person has to not only deal with everything left behind, but then is given new information that is very upsetting. And the, you know, the interior battle that must be going on between I'm devastated that my wife is in a coma and she's not going to make it out of it and fuck her, she cheated on me, is just unreal. It's so good. I don't think George Clooney has ever given a better performance. And I'm a fan of his. I think he's great. I normally see everything he's in, but... This was just a different level for him. He is so perfect in this movie. Shailene Woodley is fantastic. Honestly, all of the other people in the movie, Matthew Lillard, aka my acting teacher, who I actually, he was my teacher for the first time right after this movie came out, and I remember him talking about it, and you know, he was like, I'm putting my foot down, he's like, I only want to be in stuff that's this good for the rest of my career, and I'm not doing any other shit. And I love him, but I knew at the time that that wasn't true because this movie is so superior that nobody could possibly only do movies on this level for the rest of their career unless they wanted to be broke for years waiting for another one to come up because this movie is so special and I'm so happy for everybody that was a part of it. That um, There's a couple scenes that I particularly just am crazy about that still, it's when I'm watching them, it's as if I'm watching them for the first time. The first one is when they show up at, I forget his name, but Matt's character, they show up at his house to confront him, and the wife doesn't know what's going on, and uh, that's, that's my favorite probably father-daughter scene because, again, I'm not remembering their real names, but George and Shailene, their dynamic as father and daughter kind of teaming up against this guy and being like, fuck you, and 
it's just so good because you really feel the connection and bond between this father and daughter. It feels very real and it's just very appealing how they've kind of teamed up this way. It kind of does have a paper moon vibe to be honest with you because it's like a serious thing but it's also they're having fun with it too because it's kind of just like all bets are off. You know we're losing this person in our lives and nothing will ever be the same again and we just are gonna go on this little adventure you know mini adventure I guess to confront this guy and the other scene is the one where George Clooney says goodbye to his wife and I just think he's never had a better scene than that if anyone disagrees with me please DM us at movie cinema film because I would be very interested to hear any disagreements on that because I am really interested in him as an actor I think he's so talented and that sometimes his you know his kind of like hunky status and his good looks I think people probably will remember him more for that but I think he's so talented and yeah I mean I don't know what else to really say about it aside from it's just such a beautifully empathetic story of a family and it hits every point so well it's not too dramatic it's not too comedic it's just right, and I love the final scene. I think the final scene is so brilliant. What they did, they just hold on that shot of the three of them, and it's just such a superior film. I wish movies were like this more often, but I guess then this movie and American Beauty and these other movies that we talk about all the time wouldn't be as special, so. Thanks for making shitty movies so that... <laughs> so that Alexander Payne can excite us every once in a while. Yes. And yes. show us how to be a sad man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so do you have your number one choice? <clears throat> my number one choice is going to be Searching. Oh, the the uh, computer movie? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I really liked that. Um, yeah, uh, he is, the film is directed by, da, 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 da. um, it is directed by Anish Chiganti. All right, good job. Um, I think I pronounced that wrong, but, all right, um, this film, I watched it on a flight, so I feel like I got the best effect because it felt like I was looking at a small computer screen while I was watching it. Uh, as you said, it was the computer movie. Uh, an entire mystery done on like a laptop screen, basically. Um, yeah, I just thought this was just such a well-done movie. I'm surprised that uh, more people haven't adopted this technique. I think that's a testament to how good the story was, that like people could watch this movie and be captivated by it, but other people cannot make a story that's as good as this <laughs> and like get people to watch it. I think like as far as father-daughter movies go, like John Cho just plays like he plays the the most like millennial father ever and it's just wonderful and sad and tragic and fun to watch uh and i really enjoy his performance i really like him he is in this movie i'm obsessed with called columbus did you watch also that? a great film he's so like good. he's been in some of the best indie films in like the past 20 years definitely and i i love searching because it it doesn't play this weird game that other movies play where they they show computers or phones in movies and they don't actually look or sound like computers or phones sound, you know? It's so weird how they do phones, especially in movies, you know? 
Yeah. And this movie actually looks like if you were to go on a Windows computer and use it, that actually is what it would look like, literally. And I don't know if I've seen any other film do that, maybe ever. Every once in a while I think phones, like iPhones, what they show on the screen looks more accurate than other movies. Every once in a while they do that better, but I don't think I've ever seen a computer done this accurately where it's literally just real. Like you could tell they were literally just uh, playing it out. It wasn't, okay, you know, we have to make this font really big and we have to have all these random clicking sounds so people know that, you know, we're typing or that we've clicked on something or we've closed something. It's so weird, the sounds and stuff that they think are necessary. I mean, even before iPhones and stuff, in movies, in older movies, when someone hangs up a phone and it immediately goes to, like, dial tone, why? You, <laughs> you know when someone's hanging in the phone. <laughs> I don't understand. Things like that, to me, always are strange. I think it takes you out of a movie, rather. I think things should be more realistic. I don't get it. So, congrats on searching to actually doing that correctly. Yeah, I, uh, in general, I, I hope it, like, leads the way to more things to be made like this and to innovate, for people to innovate more, you know? Like, I'm, I'm actually surprised, like, there hasn't been, like, uh, somebody dropped 25 videos on their TikTok and, like, we need to figure out through their TikToks, like, how, how to save the, <laughs> the day or something like that. <laughs> like, TikTok, and it's a, a murder set behind a TikTok uh, account. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that you chose that. I didn't expect that at all. That's interesting. So that was your pick. Yeah. Um... It's just a wonderful movie. Although, like, the daughter doesn't play a huge role in it because she's just missing the whole time. <laughs> but, like, still at the same time, it's, uh, yeah. Well, it's about him fighting to find her, you know? This is real, yeah. Yeah. So should we get into our movie of the week, Sofia Coppola's On the Rocks, an Apple TV Plus exclusive? Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Oh, uh. <laughs> what? Did, wait, but before we start, okay. like, I got my Apple free trial, and, uh -huh. like, if you guys at home are going to get your Apple free trial, uh, especially if you guys get it, like, right now, you guys need to watch Boys State, because that is, like, a very prescient documentary about, like, how this election is going right now. I keep hearing about it. Yeah, no, you have to watch it. Maybe we'll do an episode next about Boys State, because, okay. like, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it was, like, it was nuts. We were watching it last night as the election was going on. Oh, no. Um, yeah. And, like, yeah. We're, we're more fucked than you think. Like, not all young people are Democrats. Let's just put it that way. I honestly, <laughs> when I meet someone my age or younger who, even if they're not a Trump supporter, if they're just like, oh, you know, he's not that bad, blah, 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 I, 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 I'm, I just, I have to go. Yeah. Bye. Um, no, I already, like, had to unfriend some people. Um, yeah, I can't just because they like threatened me after I made a political post, and it's just like I, I don't need to be threatened by cop family members to <laughs> like to get in line. Like I don't I don't need to have the state like literally threatening me, <laughs> or yeah. like people who have connections to the state threatening me. Mm -hmm. I am glad that like New Jersey cops like they also might be corrupt, but they seem a little less corrupt than like other places cops. Right. At least like the ones around here like seem a little less sketch. Like maybe Newark cops might be a little sketch, but like Rutherford cops seem to be chill and they seem to be down with the people and they seem to be down with like 
like, yes, we are not allowed to just shoot people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be how they are. I, I don't know if they're just putting up great, like, publicity stunts. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. Yeah. No, I, I love your rants. It's great. Yeah. Um, but here we are, on the rocks. On the rocks. Um... What, what did you think going into it? What were your thoughts and feelings, concerns? I really love a few of Sofia Coppola's movies, and then the rest of them I'm kind of in the middle about. I mean, well, she hasn't had that many. I don't know. I'm not... I'm kind of acting like she has 20 movies or something. I love, absolutely love, The Virgin Suicide. Sorry, I'm distracted by <laughs> the phone ringing. That one is definitely my favorite of hers, and of course I love Lost in Translation. Her last movie, well, and there's another father-daughter movie in there somewhere, which I, I enjoy that movie a lot. Not my fave, but I do think it's great. But her last movie, The Beguiled, I was really disappointed, and this is not her fault, but it contributes to this problem that I have with trailers where I literally hate trailers and I feel like because I'm so into movies and everybody knows that people are always saying did you see the trailer for this did you see the trailer for that and if there's a movie that I really want to see already that I you know because I am so into movies and I follow the news and everything I know about movies usually before trailers come out because Mm. I've been following the production and then someone will be like did you see the trailer and I'm like no I actually avoided it on purpose because I don't want it to fuck with my prior knowledge of the movie because and the beguiled was one of the biggest cases of that where i saw the trailer i thought it looked really good i thought it looked really interesting i was excited to see it and then i saw it and i was so disappointed because every point in the movie is hit in the trailer every single one and i was sitting there at the end still waiting for something to happen that had not been revealed in the trailer and i was really stunned when it just ended I can't believe that she would allow, I mean, I don't know how much say she has in it, but anyone involved with the film, I don't really know how that works exactly. I know that there's some directors that insist it's in their contract that they have to edit their own trailers because of this problem. Wait, which trailer are you talking about? Sorry, I had to step out for a... The Beguiled. Oh, Beguiled. I did not watch that. I need to still watch that. Don't watch the trailer. Just watch the movie. You'll have a better experience. because Also, because the trailer sells it as this mysterious thriller, like there might even be something insidiously supernatural going on and there's not that's not what the movie is and I feel bad for Sophia that people probably went into it thinking one thing and then they experienced another so the trailer really fucked up that movie for me and that's why I didn't I I don't honestly don't know I mean I should watch the movie in a few years when it's kind of left my mind and the trailers totally left my mind give it another chance and just watch it without that preconceived notion but I was kind of disappointed with that movie it didn't really affect me going into this one. I still was super excited because I just kind of like her sensibility and I think that she's very talented and I enjoy a bunch of her movies. So she's one of those directors that I know, even if I'm not in love with the movie, there will be things about it that I like. And of course, with Bill Murray returning to working with her, I was really excited about that. And I didn't watch the trailer beforehand, so I didn't know anything about this movie except Sofia Coppola and Bill Murray. So those are my preconceived notions. What about you? Um, I've really not seen a lot of Sofia Coppola. 
Um, Didn't you just watch Virgin Suicides? That's what I was going to say, is yeah. I just watched Virgin Suicides, and before that, all I'd really seen was Lost in Translation. Also, I've seen Lick the Stars. I don't know if you've heard of that short film by her. It's on Criterion Channel. No. Uh, yeah, I feel like Sofia Coppola... Um, does not speak for everyone, but she definitely speaks for a very specific type of woman's experience, and I think, like, she definitely, uh, is an auteur, and, uh... Absolutely. Yes, and I think it's exciting to have somebody like her, who, like, obviously she could have done a lot of films like her dad, or adopted a style similar to her dad but like her films are just very different like they're very indie they're very uh focused around uh character and Mm -hmm. like very few characters they're very low budget let's just do this for fun kind of a thing like let's make sure that we get people in a room and like they just act together and react together um and yeah Virgin Suicides, I, I really like that film. I love it. Um, I thought it was great. And then Lost in Translation, like, I don't know if it, like, holds up as much as, like, people originally thought it was good. Like, it definitely does feel at times, like, just, like, white people just going to random cultures. But, like, I think there's a lot of other stuff that, like, holds up really well in the film. Like, obviously the relationship and, like, the idea of, like, getting lost in a different place, in a foreign place, is a big deal. But, like, also there is, like, a fetishization of, like, that that I think comes out in the yeah. film. I do think there's something really charming about an older man-younger woman relationship that doesn't turn sexual or... You know what I mean? I, I like movies where that happens. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think there do need to be more platonic relationships in films. And, like, it really fucks up men's perspective and perception of, like how women actually are by, like, all Hollywood movies revolving around a romance between a man and a woman, you know? So that just makes men think that, like, every woman they meet in their life is supposed to be, like, a love object, and if they don't love them back, then they don't have any use to them, you know? Yeah, uh, and I think I, it, yeah. it's weird. I like the scene where they're in bed together, but nothing happens, because I think it's weird that if there's two... If there's a man and a woman, and the man and the woman both like the opposite gender, and they get close at all, or whatever, it's this intimate thing where then, you know, it's not, oh, it's they're crossing the line or something. It's like, why is it, why is it okay, I guess is the right word, if me and my you know, friend who's a girl and we're both straight, why is it not weird if I, like, if we're hanging out and it gets late and we fall asleep on each other? Like, why is that, why is that not, ooh, are they, they're crossing the line? Are they, are they hooking up? Are they getting romantic? But if I did that with a guy, it would be that, you know? So I like when that's explored, how you can be intimate in a less, uh, in a lesser extent, like, you can be intimate with somebody, and not sexual with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the majority of Americans are just unfulfilled, and the majority of people who are watching <laughs> films are, like, lonely and in their rooms and shit like that. Oh, and, like, God. people, like, films do cater to the guy who, like, sits alone in his room and, like, hasn't 
seen or went on a date in a very long time or hasn't seen people. Like, basically, how everybody is in COVID right now, like, that's who films normally cater to, is people who don't leave their house ever and, like, uh, need to, like, feel experiences. Like, that's what films are all about. And, like, there is a, a reason why you go above and beyond to be like, oh, this is an exciting thing. And, like, I think On the Rocks is an example of uh, a film where it's like, I'll watch this, but I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to go through this. I'm glad that I'm watching this and not going through this with somebody I know. <laughs> okay, so let's get into your initial thoughts. What did you think? Uh, I liked the film. I definitely knew where it was going. Like, I don't want to do spoilers right now, but, like, I definitely can, like, I definitely saw where the film was going, like, very early. Like, I was watching with my significant other, uh, which was very fitting for this film called On the Rocks. Uh, but, like, as we were watching the film, I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is definitely what's going on. And then, like, sure enough, we wait, like, 45 minutes later, and then it's like, yep, that's exactly how it ended. <laughs> and we were like, all right, but, like... It's still, like, refreshing, but, like, I did enjoy the substance. Like, it was mm -hmm. done well, and, like, you shouldn't punish a film just because, like, it wasn't shocking, you know? Like, you could still watch the film and just to turn off your brain for a little bit and enjoy it because, like, the relationship between Bill Murray and Rashida Jones is very cute, and, like, I really enjoyed that, like, chemistry that they had uh, for the film. Um... Yeah. Also, like, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, but, like, there is a lot of, like, generational men stuff that I think this film is really trying to paint a picture about and how, like, there are a lot of generational differences between men. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, the reason why uh, a lot of things are screwed up is because of how men of Bill Murray's generation were, <laughs> you know, not Bill Murray specifically, because Bill Murray's a great guy, you know, <laughs> according to everything that we hear and see and all the stories we hear about him, and he's a wonderful person. Yeah, uh, but character. like, But yeah, the people of Bill Murray's time are definitely like, they need to comment on women's appearances at all times, they need mm -hmm. to, uh always be creating conflict they need to make other people feel uncomfortable so that they feel comfortable like it's a lot of these things that like our generation hates and like we're so over but like we don't make the rules like donald trump is our president like <laughs> we live in a world where the racist pigs win and they make all the rules <laughs> which it just like sucks that that is how we live you know? Yeah. And I think also this film uh, does a very interesting thing. Sofia Coppola, who I've heard kind of negative race criticisms about her from Beguiled. I don't know how you felt about those criticisms, whether they were warranted or not, but, like, there were some people who were like, this is kind of, like, racist and, like, white women, like, porn or some shit like that. In general, she gets criticism because there's not very many people of color, or if any, in her movies, and she's kind of owned that. She's kind of just been like, this is my experience and I'm a privileged white person. She's also really honest about her nepotism. She's sh That's why I really like her is because I'm so sick and tired of hearing from these actresses that are the daughter of, you know, these other very famous people that are like, sometimes it's actually harder, you know? Yeah. It's not harder. I, as someone who doesn't have famous parents, it's not harder. So she owns it. She's like, 
you know, she'll be telling a story and, you know, she's like, yeah, we were at Martin Scorsese's summer house in Monte Carlo and my dad said to me, well, why don't you try this? You know what I mean? And she's just honest about that, whereas so many other celebrities, they don't say things like that. They don't want to reference their huge homes or the people that, you know, oh, I was on Mick Jagger's island. It's like, they don't want to say that because they want to seem relatable to you and they want to sell their movie on the basis of, I'm just like you and I'm, you know, expressing my experience as a human being. And I love that she's like, I'm not just like you. My father is Francis Ford Coppola. Like, yes, I might have the same emotions and things like that as other human beings, but no, I had a huge advantage in life in this particular career, especially. And I really like that about her. I personally don't, uh, regarding the Beguiled, did it have specific, was it just that there were no black people in it or? Yeah, I, I think that like the remake was just like very white women centered and like kind of white women oppressing the slave people. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's like how it was. I don't even know. Like, I, I don't. I'm, like, speaking off of, like, just hearing criticisms, and I haven't seen the movie, so I, I'm not really one to talk on the movie. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I did like this film, given what you were saying about pe- people calling her out on her privilege a lot of the time, like, this movie feels like it made some pointed decisions about, like, the fact that Bill Murray is the white dad, and, like, Rashida Jones is mixed, and then she's with a black guy, mm-hmm. and, like, this uh, dynamic of, like, well, her dad just keeps getting away with everything, and her dad just gets to say whatever he wants, and just, like, walks around with his dick out, basically, the whole yeah. time. And, like, I think there's a lot of people who have experienced that with white dudes being that way, and, like, the older generations of white dudes have imparted that this is how you be a man, this is how you compose yourself in the world, you know? Um, and, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about this more once we get into spoilers, but, um, yeah, in general, I, I thought it was a well-done film, like... I would not be surprised if this gets nominated for Best Picture, Screenplay, and, like, other stuff like that, just because there's not a lot of films out, and she is a very common name, and it is Apple probably fighting for her. Um, I don't know if it deserves to win. Like, I liked Minari better, and, like, I'm sure there will be other things we'll see that we like better, but it was a really good film, and I think it's great. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. I have nothing bad to say about this film. Good. For the most part, yeah. If anything, it's just, like, it's very slow-moving at times. Like, I think that was, like, the hardest part, is, like, knowing where it was going at times, but then just being, like, I'm in for the ride. I'm watching a movie. But, like, you have to remember, you're watching the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola, the greatest filmmaker of all time, and, like, the knowledge that she has from being around that, like you said, and the films that she's done already, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna watch this because she knows what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> like, it's in her blood. <laughs> Wait, do you, do you think Francis Ford Coppola is the greatest filmmaker of all time? I think, like, I I don't think that personally, but, like, I think that's a very uncontroversial opinion to take, and okay. I think, like, he's the best, like, You're just drama talking, like, director. pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, as far as it goes, like, people will say that Godfather 1 and 2 are, like, the best dramas of all time, right? Like, people, that's pretty... Yeah, no, he's definitely in the yeah. running. I People do say that. I just was just wondering if that's your personal opinion, because... I, you tend to stray away from the more traditional establishment kind of directors and actors, I feel like. So I would be surprised if he was, you know. I think, like, especially, like, as I've gotten into production more, like, to see the things that he's done and, like, the mass scale of, like, films that he's done, 
like there's no there's nobody better besides like a George Lucas or a Steven Spielberg and it's like I don't like those types of films that they make <laughs> I like the types of films that Francis Ford Coppola makes you know uh, that's kind of how I feel about it like Martin Scorsese is just in the same vein I feel like it like he was just being influenced as like the Godfathers were being made and like he was around all this stuff you know like he's just part of the continuum I think Marty's better than I, yeah he's better but like I think I don't think you have any of this stuff without Francis Ford Coppola being like this complete director like I think he was just the most directory director I mean Look, he is one of the best, for sure. So, yeah. Also, this is a little... Uh, oh, wait, no, never mind. What? Martin Scorsese is also Italian, but I was going to say, this is a little Italian blasphemy. No, I'm <laughs> 50% Ford, Italian. Francis Ford Coppola. I, look, I'm not saying anything bad about the guy. I just consider Marty to be the best and at the top for me. That's my personal opinion, but... Fair enough. No, yeah. I, I don't care. <laughs> so, back to On the Rocks. I loved it. I was so in love with this movie. I I uh, think Bill Murray should be nominated for supporting actor for sure. And hmm, what to say without getting into spoilers? This the this father daughter relationship to me is one of the best ever committed to film because it is so complicated and interesting to watch. And it reminded me a lot of my dad, who is he's. He's the loud Italian version of this character, whereas Bill Murray plays a more calm and measured version of this guy who's had this crazy life with this playboy kind of mentality. My dad is like the loud version of it. And I mean, I can't tell you how many scenes I related to because, because I also go through this kind of stuff where I'll be out with my dad somewhere and he's just utterly charmed everyone and people will be saying to me, oh my god, your dad is so cool or like, I can't believe that story, you know, he was talking about, uh, you know, Thanksgiving 1964 and how Frank Sinatra was there and I'm like, yeah, different to have him as your actual father, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, you don't see the warts of the person. I mean, I love my dad and I'm so happy that I have a unique, interesting person as a dad and he's been a great, great dad to me. But I know that, you know, it, it, if father-daughter relationships are complicated and I really relate to the looks that she gives when, you know, everyone else is so charmed by this guy and she's like, okay, but there are some aspects of him that are complicated and, you know, I mean, sometimes when I've spent a really long day with my dad, I just am so stressed and, like, I can't believe how, I mean, I don't want to, like, get into too much detail, but, like, I can't believe what I'm dealing with with him while at the same time, like, yes, I love him. And then it's very frustrating to have someone who's, like, the waitress at the table who's, like, known him for 30 minutes and who's like, oh, my God, I love this guy, you know? I'm just like, oh, he's driving me crazy, but okay. And, you know, my dad also has that kind of thing where it seems like he's lived nine lives and he will just drop into the conversation some, like, ridiculously you know, a unbelievable story or something, and you have to admire the guy, but at the same time, he does drive me crazy, so I really related to this movie, and I'm also very, very sensitive to cheating and that kind of stuff in relationships, so I was very, very interested the whole time, and I, I disagree with you. I didn't, 
I mean, I won't say which way that it goes, but I didn't know for sure the way that it was going to end. I was very curious how it was exactly going to end because I did feel that it could go either way and I was interested to see how they would handle either way that it went. And so I was definitely gripped by it. And, you know, I think a lot of people are saying this movie is they're like, oh, it's fun and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's light. And I don't agree. I don't think that it's fun and light. I mean, parts of it are. But I think the dramatic scenes are very heavy. I mean, it gave me a lot to think about, regardless of my own relationship with my dad, or regardless of how I feel about cheating and, you know, infidelity in marriages, or even, out, you know, just when you're dating someone, especially the scene toward the end where you know, he cries talking about the woman that he cheated with, who he, I guess he left. Wait, are we doing spoilers? Well, that's, that's not a spoiler. That's that kind he, of a spoiler. That he cheated on his wife? I don't know, that's kind of a spoiler. I feel like that's like a fundamental part, because it's at the very beginning, I mean, they mention it a lot. Yeah. I would guess that that's in the trailer, right? Because it's such a big part of the movie. I mean, it's not it's not like a shocking reveal or anything. It's something that, you know, it gets mentioned multiple times, and then at the end, toward the end... Is all right, it, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be my... Like, I haven't seen the trailer. I would assume that that's in the trailer, but I won't go beyond that, but... Um, that... Nobody has Apple TV anyway, so they're not going to watch this film. <laughs> but this is... I actually just... I had to get a new computer, so I did get a Mac, and I got a free year of it, so... I'm really happy that they're offering that if you buy an Apple product, but also it really is worth the, you know, obviously it's worth the free trial because the free trial is free, but even after that it's $5 a month, so don't be too shy to get that free trial, and then if you forget or whatever, it's 5 bucks. It's, you know, but also not going to kill you. But also if you can pirate Apple TV and Apple movies, you should definitely pirate those. You don't need to that's enrich how I watched, them anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's how I watched the morning show. Because I don't, because I wanted to watch it over a period of time, I couldn't just do a week trial, and I didn't have an Apple product, and I didn't want to pay for another streaming service. So yes, I admit I did pirate the morning show, which is I I love that show. I, it's very polarizing. There's a lot of people who hate it and think it's so ridiculous. You are taking money out of Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston's pockets, and you should be ashamed of yourself. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because them specifically are two of the richest people in the history of Hollywood because they have syndicated shows that were very successful. So yeah, no, and they've definitely. <laughs> created a culture in which uh, white people are scared of people of other races. But we don't need to talk about that we whatsoever. Don't, don't. <laughs> but have you watched Morning? You're going to watch it, right? Uh, I guess I have to since I'm getting this free trial. I guess I'll binge it just to watch it. You don't have to. I mean, I think it's really good, but I would love to hear your thoughts because, like I said, it is one of those shows that, you know, even people that I normally agree with are telling me, are you kidding? That show is horrible. So, I don't know. Very interesting. So, yeah, should we get into spoilers? Yeah, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not seen On the Rocks, please turn this podcast off and go watch it. Um, yeah, so the big, the big reveal that I predicted was that he was going to be cheating on her with work and that there was no woman that he was cheating on. Yeah. And, like, I kind of saw that coming. And, like, I, I do think that is a big issue now, is that, like, men have so much porn at their disposal that, like, a lot of times they are just off in their worlds and, like, 
whirling dervishes of independence where they just don't give a shit about their family <laughs> and they're just like, I'm going to make money and I'm just going to go do this and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I kind of saw where it was going, but I think it is like a film that needed to be made. Uh, I guess it was clever, like, as a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I... Uh, what was I going to say? I really... I think that it was hard for me because I do know somebody who unfortunately used his work trips as a way to be with his girlfriend that he was cheating with and it was also kind of like the Bill Murray situation where this wasn't just some girl he was fucking this was like a serious relationship affair that went on and he wasn't you know seeing other women he was married to his wife and then he was seeing this girl and so I when when she was suspecting all those little things I was very much like yes get him because <laughs> I mean because I know someone personally who did that it's really hard for me to not have kind of like paranoia and I do have other situations in my life where I've I have not personally been cheated on but I do have other like kind of too close for comfort relations to this the themes of this movie so I don't really think that there's anything wrong with her following him and stuff like that and trailing him and I think it's a really fun I think it's a really fun dynamic between them that they can get close not uh, not the husband and wife Bill Murray and Rashida Jones because it's so funny how they can get closer and bond over the fact that he cheated on her mom, which is what drove them apart, but now they're getting closer and bonding because her husband is supposedly cheating, and this is a fun thing that they can do together, and they can have common ground, and I think subconsciously that might even be why she was taking these little hints but they weren't really hints but taking these little moments that kind of seemed like he was cheating and and she was going to the next level with them because maybe subconsciously she knew that she would spend more time with her father and that her father would be this person who is like hey I'm the bad guy here I did something bad so I can tell you if he's doing something bad and I think he is doing something bad I just thought that was so interesting like I'm so surprised that people think this movie is so like light and fun because I'm like no this is very serious family and relationship shit yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, it really depends on your relationship to all of this stuff because, like, yeah, like, if, you, if you've been in the situation where, like, a parent has cheated on the other parent and shit like that, then that's going to be fucking real shit. Like, if you've been cheated on before, this is going to be real shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and no. I... Oh. Go ahead. Oh, no, and I was just going to say... Um, also, the fact that, whew, what was I going to say? Um, Bill Murray, Bill Murray. What was I going to say about his performance? He's so performance? good. He's great. That scene at the table, oh my god. Oh, just like, we've seen it so many times where it's been like guys hooking up with women or guys like talking being derogatory towards women yada yada but like and like different generations like relating over like oh that woman is attractive yada yada uh but like i don't think we've ever seen like the story about a very protective father (laughs) like kind of like this idea that like 
the father is a pig too and like he knows how the pigs work kind of mm-hmm. and i thought that was like a very interesting and cool concept and like dynamic to follow like if that was the improv game that was a fun improv game to play out yeah for sure <laughs> that's I... also the th- oh sorry no 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 it's fine I also just forgot what it's... It's so hard because we have the TV on with the election <laughs> coverage and we're trying to focus here, but it's not easy when the future of our country is at stake. What was I going to say? Surprise, I, surprise. I, Pennsylvania is racist. No, uh, continue. I don't... <laughs> I just don't... Well, how do you feel about what they were doing? I I think it's very unethical, but like I do think that's like natural. Like I think also in the in the age where we can track our partners' locations on their phone, like I do think curiosity and jealousy like makes people snoop, and like things don't end up the way you want to. Mm-hmm. Like I I definitely like I don't know for a fact, but like I definitely think somebody. Uh, I definitely think I've had my location, like, watched because I've gotten very, uh, I've gotten calls, very significant calls at certain times and very significant text messages at certain times where it's just like, what do you think I'm doing right now? (laughs) Like, (laughs) kind of a thing. So it's like, yeah, like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility because, like, if you say, like, hey, like, it's available for you to find where somebody is or, like, you can, like, snoop, you can look through their phone and, like, get all the answers, you know? Uh, Like, if you look for insecurity, you're going to find it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to look at yourself and find all of your faults and you want to make yourself feel shitty for every bad thing that you've ever done in your life, you could find it, you know? But, like, that's not the world that we should live in, you know? And I think that's kind of, like, the lesson that uh, Rashida Jones's character learns by the end. Like, sometimes you just have to believe that things are going well Mm -hmm. and like you can't just always assume that you're going to sabotage yourself and things are going to fail you know (laughs) just because your dad and your mom failed you know which is like what a lot of people deal with is like a lot of people are children of divorce a lot of people have seen relationships fail and then they think that's going to happen with them but like everybody is their own person you know there's people from very happy marriages uh and their parents are together for 60 years and they still cheat and can't find a relationship that works. And then there's people from households of divorce who will be in relationships from the time they're 15 until the time they die, you know, because they're so, uh, in the opposite way of their parents. And that's more what I think people are is I think people are more often the opposite of their parents than they are exactly like their parents. Yeah. That can tend to be true. I do think the weak point of the movie for me was the conversation they have at the end after she gets home and they go outside and talk and he says, well, why didn't you just ask me? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, she didn't just ask you because she thought you were fucking cheating. So she thought that you were lying all the time. So why would she then ask you thinking that you were just going to be like, oh, yeah, I actually am cheating. Thanks for bringing this up. You know what I mean? I just thought that conversation should have been a little bit more contentious, should have been a little bit, you know. It did feel like they put, they put a pin into a balloon yeah, and it was just yeah. like, oh, all this tension and then all of a sudden they popped the balloon and then the tension just disappeared and you were just like, 
this feels like sad and stupid. Like what happened to the what we were working up to? <laughs> you know, like, exactly. I did feel that way. Like there was something like dramatically about what happened. Like I don't know if she paced it wrong or the like the city sounds because like I noticed that mm-hmm. what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> and I was specifically like, what? Like is Why it is the it fact so that perfect? that you just hear the cars in the background and like that's what's throwing me off? Is that the sound is weird? Well, okay, so I actually. Maybe I'm just super cynical because I do know people who have cheated and I know, like, I've had my friends go through hell, hell with guys. And it's not just guys, all genders cheat, but I've personally experienced my friends getting cheated on by guys. I, maybe I'm just too cynical, but even when she got to the hotel and the, the woman wasn't, I mean, he wasn't there, obviously, I did not, my... My assumption was not, oh, this means he's 100% never cheated and nothing's ever happened. In my opinion, I was like, okay, this just means that he didn't cheat this time, you know? And I really hate the way that, I feel like she put a hat on the hat when there was a woman in there with her. Like, she's saying, oh, look, she's a lesbian, so he can't possibly be fucking her because, look, there's a woman in there. It should have just been that she was there by herself or even maybe that she was there with another male co-worker or something, but they didn't have to push so heavily, like, look, he's seriously not cheating. He's really, really, really not cheating. It's like, he could be in a relationship with somebody else or he could be cheating anyway. Like, he really was kind of showing signs of someone who's cheating, and it's a perfect excuse. It is a perfect excuse to be like you know, I just, I have to work. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, there's this hot woman that I work with, but I can't quit my job and I I can't, you know, push her away. I have to work very closely with her and we have to go on these trips. It's the perfect excuse because it could mean innocence. It could truly mean innocence, but it also is very easy to get away with that in that scenario. And I just wouldn't, I don't know, maybe I'm just so destroyed by what I've experienced and seen, but I wouldn't totally assume that he was innocent based on what happened. Wow. I wouldn't. You you don't think there's generational differences that maybe he's not a misogynist pig? Maybe he's just, like, a good guy? And, like, he's trying to keep his hands or keep his hold on, like, his wife who's really hot and really successful and, like, very creative. (laughs) I think people of all ages cheat, though. I mean... Oh, yeah, no, I know people of all ages cheat. Yeah, the dad is, like, a different level. He's just a different type of person. But... Yeah, I mean, I will be very clear if I'm, if I get engaged. I mean, if I, if it's to the point where we're engaged anyway, the guy will know this about me, but I will be very clear that if any cheating goes on whatsoever, I'll assume that he wants to end the relationship because there won't be on my part, there won't be any consideration. There will be nothing. Like, I don't, I am very, very strict about cheating. And I know it's weird to say that because it's like, well, yeah, obviously nobody likes cheaters, but I know so many people who have found out such horrible things that their partners did and they stay and it just seems like most people are pretty accepting of cheating actually it's weird but i'm not so for me and i know there's a lot of this is probably a controversial opinion i don't think that following someone if if your partner is showing signs of cheating i don't think that following them or or having them followed is really that bad of a thing honestly i don't because it doesn't hurt anyone you know what i mean and if you're not cheating, then what? What's the problem? Like, if the like, if somebody did that to me, if my husband or even boyfriend came to me and said, "Hey, I felt like you were cheating on me. 
this, 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 and this happened. It gave me enough reason to think that this was happening. And I, like she says in the movie, we wanted to get ahead of it. And he said something like that. And he said, I had you followed and there's nothing going on. And I'm so sorry that I doubted you, but these things did happen that made me think that. So maybe we could talk about it. I wouldn't be offended at all. I, I wouldn't be, oh, you invaded my privacy. How could you do that? How could you have me followed? How could you doubt me? I wouldn't say any of that because the fact is people do this all the fucking time. This is so common. And I would be kind of worried and kind of hurt that my husband would assume that, but I would also look at his reasoning and whatever things specifically happened to make him think that way. And I would explain now that he knows 100% that he was wrong, explain why I did those things. And, you know, maybe it's just a simple thing of he misunderstood me or he didn't have all of the facts of a situation. I really wouldn't be offended. And I honestly, because I'm just so against cheating, I've said so many times, if you want to be with me, there's absolutely no cheating that can go on. If you do cheat, and you come to me immediately after it happens, not a week, not after you, you're you falling in love or, or anything like that, if you come to me immediately after it happens and you say to me, this happened, then maybe, we can maybe be friends after it. I'll still break up with you instantly because I'm, I'm not gonna put up with the things I've seen other people put up with, but at least then it's like, okay, you're a human being who made a mistake, you're gonna have a consequence because you the relationship's ended, but it's not, I'm never going to talk to you again, but if I have to find out, if I have to find out, because I haven't been cheated on, but I've been lied to, and then I found shit out, and there's nothing worse than being that idiot who is told one thing and another is true, and then having to find that out and feeling like such a fool. It's such a horrible feeling, and I just will not let that be done to me. So it's like, if I do experience that and I have to find something out, on my own or from a friend or from social media, it's literally like you will never see me again. Like I will leave before we even talk about it. I will not do it. So I really kind of like I relate to I, I just I just got this movie. Like I feel like I just connected to it and I was just like, yes, I understand. And anybody who I who wants to marry me or wants to be in a relationship with me is gonna have to know this and I know that it sounds kind of, it sounds so hard-ass and strict and everything, but it's not. It's literally like, just don't fucking cheat and you won't have this problem. So then if, you know, I, I have my friend follow you and he takes pictures and you're literally just going to the bank or doing whatever you're doing and there's no girl with you, then it's not a problem. Why is it a problem? It's like, yeah, trust issues in a relationship, that is a problem and that should be addressed. But if you're not, if you're not, if you don't want to cheat you're not and you're not going to cheat, then we shouldn't have a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just my rant for so, the day. So the bigger issue behind all of this is capitalism. Of course. Because, like, what we all really want to do is just spend time with our families and our partners and uh, <laughs> raise our children and have enough money to raise our children uh, <laughs> and go on vacations. Um, well, I do think what he said was valid when he said, I just want to be enough for you. A lot of men feel that way and women feel that way. But she was coming from a place of, oh my God, I was feeling like I wasn't enough for you because I thought you were fucking this other woman. So, wow, that's amazing to me that you feel that way. But men are, there's so many 
there's so much pressure put on men to be the breadwinners and to make all this money. Also, women always think that it's sexual if a man doesn't like them anymore. And it's Which not, I think yeah. is very problematic. Because, mm -hmm. like, oh, like, you just assumed that that's why we were with you the whole time was just sex? Like, wow, you're a pig. <laughs> it's like, how could you think that? Like, you're not with us because of just sex, are you? Is that why you're just with us, you know? Well, it's definitely an <laughs> element. It's a big component of it, but it's not everything. It's definitely not everything with cheating. And, I, I mean, I just feel like... I think I... that's more old-fashioned, too. I think, yeah. like, seeing sex as being the be-all, end-all, because, like, that's how people saw, like, marriages in the past was they were like, oh, this is how we have sex. It's like, we get married. Mm -hmm. But now, like, people have sex with anybody and everyone, you know? Like, you have sex, like, if you want to go on an app right now and have sex, you can go on an app right now and have sex, you know? Like, within <laughs> like, an hour, within an hour, It's not going to be the best person that you ever want to have sex <laughs> with, but, like, you can, in an hour, find somebody and have sex with them using apps. Um, and, like, that's, I think, also a big statement about the film is, like... It's it's not like men aren't cheating because they like need sex. They're cheating because they need to feel important again. <laughs> like he literally was going to this job because he probably didn't feel like uh, a man because she was paying attention to their kids so much yeah. as opposed to him. And it's so I love that scene. That scene was beautiful. I I think he played that so perfectly. And honestly, I have been pursued before by married people. Okay, you know that. And I. As have I. It's never, right, it's never some horrible person. When it's happened to me, it's not somebody who I was like, oh, well, that person's a dirtbag anyway. It's been people that I'm shocked, shocked. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't think this person could do something like that to their wife. I didn't think they were capable of that. And why do I even have to say, hey, don't you think that what you just said to me is a little crossing the line when you're married? and you have kids or whatever, don't you think it's a little, like, do you think that low of me that you think I'm gonna be your side chick because that's not gonna happen? It's, you know what I mean? It's always someone that I'm shocked is doing this because people are so fucking complicated. And when I say that I won't tolerate cheating at all, it's not because I think cheaters are 100% are bad people or I think that they're just scumbags. I don't because my personal experience with cheaters has been they're amazing people and I'm surprised that they're doing this. So I just love when movies and art kind of correctly addresses this. And this was obviously, this movie was just kind of one or maybe a few aspects of it, but I think how complicated these relationships are really did, well, I would say I'm a little critical of the husband and wife relationship. I don't think that that went as deep as it could. I don't think we really know that much about the father, not the father, Marlon Wayans at all, but, and I didn't like the end scene really, but the, the depth of the father-daughter relationship and all of those things that I was describing earlier just... I mean, God, relationships are so complicated. <laughs> Just yeah. take the obvious. Um, how much of this do you think is an indictment of Francis Ford Coppola? Ooh. Do you think he cheated on her mom and that's like why uh, this Interesting. is a movie? Do you think it's a lot of real feelings? Do you think she in her relationship was cheated on? Or do you think this is just like something that she thought was interesting and an interesting exercise? There's definitely something with her dad, right? Because I don't know if he cheated and that's exactly what happened, but I think she just nails the complications of a, of a father-daughter relationship too well for it to not be kind of based. Maybe it's, maybe it's not even, you know, maybe it's like an A to C thing. Like, it's not what it is, but the feelings that happened as a result of something that happened with her dad. 
caused her to write this. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't really know if we'll ever get an answer of where Francis Ford Coppola sticks his penis, but, uh... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, maybe one day I'll read his biography or something. What if he, po- what if we did open the apps and he popped up? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh! What? Ah, damn it, I forgot to say this earlier. What? This movie was a wonderful movie because of the Bernie sticker. Oh, yes. A very clear uh, <laughs> Sofia Coppola knows that wealth needs to be redistributed mm-hmm. <laughs> and that uh, we made some bad decisions uh, with who we keep nominating among Democrats. Oh, yes. I oh, think yes. that is something to look at is somebody who grew up fucking rich as shit <laughs> thinks that Bernie Sanders should be our president. Right. She doesn't have any, she's never going to have to worry about anything in her entire life, right? And yet she still is standing up for someone who stands up for the little guy, sticks her neck out. I think that's really cool of her. I respect her for putting that in the film because yeah. I'm sure there are tons of people who have asked her to endorse candidates or like go to fundraisers. Yeah. Yeah. And her dad probably is constantly asked to go to fundraisers. You know, Cal- the California Democratic Party uh, mm-hmm. is crazy manipulative. Nancy Pelosi had a progressive challenger and he got blown out of the water, even though she hasn't done shit. And like she just keeps getting beaten up and down the floor by Republicans in every battle that she wages. And it's really just sad that she is. Con- continuing to be a congressperson (laughs) like we need new blood in congress who are actually going to fight for people like they let uh fucking proposition 22 pass in california which is just going to be so terrible for the working class in california and that's just gonna pass all throughout the country with gig workers as we're moving into a president who doesn't believe in healthcare for all, we're moving to uh, somebody who believes in having your healthcare through your employer. Mm-hmm. We need somebody like Bobby Kennedy, but that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna open that door because I'll never get out of that room. But one other thing I want to say is that I really appreciate about this director that she knows how to handle quiet moments and she knows how to film quiet moments and she's not afraid to make sure that they're in her movie and she's not going to let a studio tell her to cut them out because there's so many moments like that throughout her whole filmography. Somewhere is basically 90% a quiet moment. And then this movie, my favorite scene besides... Wait, can I come in on the quiet scene? Or quiet thing? Uh, yeah. I was just gonna say, this is why she's just, like, ten times better than a director, like, a Judd Apatow or something like that. Because, like, if you watch a film like that, like, there's literally no moments of silence. Like, it's literally (laughs) just, like, after every laugh, cut, 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 cut. But Mm -hmm. continue. No, you're right. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, my favorite scene besides the one where, you know, she asks, was it really worth it? And and he's talking about his, um, the woman he cheated with. Besides that, there's the scene where she's walking home, and it's just such a New York scene, and she, and she's, she smile, she looks really sad, and she smiles, and you, there's a lot of different emotions on her face within these maybe thirty seconds to a minute that is happening. There's no dialogue, and I just love that. Anytime I see that in a movie where an actor is going through a range of emotions and nothing is said, and they just, the filmmaker just lets the actor do their goddamn job and just fixates on them and lets them just show what is being felt other than rather than having all of these I mean and obviously if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time you know that I'm a very chatty person I talk a lot I go on and on I'm very passionate 
but I also really respect these moments in film and she does it really really well and Rashida Jones did a great job she's never been a favorite actress of mine not no shade at all but she just hasn't been somebody that I look for or that I follow but I thought she really nailed the quiet moments in this specifically Word. Anything else to say? Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. Um, Do you recommend it? Yeah, in a, Absolutely. In a, in a year where uh, we're not getting a lot of films, a lot of auteur directors have thought that their films are uh, too too wonderful and magnificent to show on the small screen. I love when you do that voice. It's just like, it's good to have a director who's just like, no, I'm going to give you my fucking film. Here it is. It's on Apple TV. Just watch the film. Um, as much as I hate Apple uh, and Amazon and all of these conglomerates that have trillions of dollars to uh, monopolize entertainment uh, it's definitely worth this film is worth it it's an A24 film so like you know mm-hmm. it's gonna be good uh, I, I hear what you're saying about Apple but uh, this was the first movie I watched on my new MacBook Air and holy shit the display is beautiful I mean it really is beautiful I, I really it's only a 13.3 inch normally I get I've had entertainment laptops in the past, and I'll even have one that's like 18 inches or something because I like... I always go small screen because I'm just like, I'm, they're going to upcharge you so much to get like four extra inches on your screen. <laughs> well, this one, this was actually the most expensive laptop I've ever purchased because yeah. I've never bought an Apple laptop before, but I did get a student discount, and I just wanted to finally do it because I'm a business owner now, and I feel like all my friends that have Apple laptops, they're not buying a laptop every few years like I am. So... I, I just want to say that I was so, I mean, it really, like, this movie looked beautiful, which is, you know, many thanks to Sofia Coppola and her team for that, but it, it really was displayed beautifully on the screen, although I'm disappointed that I couldn't Chromecast it to my TV, like, why is there no Chromecast thing on Apple TV? I know they want you to buy their shit, but that's annoying to me, so... Yeah, I would say uh, <laughs> as long as Apple keeps to pushing, like, art artists, you know... Like, it's kind of okay to support them. Yeah. Because uh, when it comes down to it, they are putting people out there. And we're about to enter a time where if Trump wins, there's probably not going to be art anymore. So we should uh, enjoy it while we have it. Because um, Susan Collins just won again. Wow, people like Susan Collins. It's just crazy, the world we live in. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Leah, do you have anything to plug? Uh, before we yes, get my new podcast. It's called the Ashley and Jessica Cast. It's about the careers of Jessica and Ashley Simpson. Me and my friend Jolie, we are diving into it all, and we also talk about other 2000s culture that was going on at the time. It's so much fun, and we've really been, well, we haven't been finding, people have been finding us that feel the same nostalgic feelings about this time in our all of our lives, and it's been really cool getting random followers because the podcast got delayed in a lot of ways, but we do have social media up, and people are just following us and messaging us saying, when is the podcast coming out? So I did post the first episode. It takes a while for it to process and actually be posted for real, so... It's on Anchor right now, but it'll be out to every service very soon. And we are at Ashley and Jessica Cast on Instagram, Twitter at Ashley Jessica Cast. And yeah, just search for us because it's going to be an extremely successful podcast. And then I am at Capriya Moon basically everywhere. And I have coming up uh, on Thursday, November 12th. 
I am coming back with another Cat Cafe Whiskers and Whispers show. Ooh. Come on out. Uh, I got some fun comics coming down to do a very lo-fi set. Um, also, first, second, and third Wednesdays of the month, we are going to be at the newly legal New Jersey Weed Man's Joint, uh, where uh, now the culture is caught up to him. So check out uh, Late Night Hump and New Jersey Weed Man's Joint. Uh, also, if you're interested in improv workshops or classes, I'm giving those at the Cat Cafe, 6 to 7 p.m. on the second Thursday of the month. We were going to do weekly improv uh, and comedy classes, but uh, just with COVID, it's hard to get people out there. So please, if you guys have interest, come out uh, Thursday, November 12th, 6 to 7 or 8 to 10, depending on whether you want to see a show or a class. Uh, but I love you guys. Um, stay can... safe if you're in the South and dealing with the crazy Trump people so who sorry. have guns and the fact that abortions aren't legal. Uh, if you ever need to stay anywhere, uh, I live in New Jersey and I have a couch. Like, legit, you <laughs> could drive up here um, and stay on my couch if you ever come into an emergency where you need to skip town. Yeah, um, and we're here honestly. for you. We're not yeah. going to, as white people, uh, we're not going to stop fighting for you and we're not going to stop being on the side of LGBTQ plus and people of color and we're on your side and I completely acknowledge how this is I'm like sickened right now by how many votes Trump received even though it looks like Biden's going to win thank god but I can't imagine how you guys feel and I just wanted to acknowledge that and if anyone ever needs to talk you can totally DM us like the movie cinema film page our own page like we'll totally We'll be there for you. And if you're uh, a moderate Democrat and you're very shocked by how the country voted and you're wondering, why why can't Biden win commandingly? Why isn't this happening? Uh, Wake up. Maybe, maybe put pressure on him to offer stuff. Maybe put pressure on your elected officials to push for things that are good. And then maybe people will vote for you if you offer good things. If you say that Medicare for all will never happen and 70% of the country wants Medicare for all, you're not going to win the fucking election. Okay, like it's that simple. If you just said legalize marijuana, then you probably would have won in every state. You know, if you say things that people want, they come out and vote. You can't just say the orange man is bad. I know so many people have said this, but like seriously, if you are like a very safe white liberal right now and you're like questioning why this isn't happening, it's because the racist people in the country don't give a fuck about Trump leaving office. They just want better economy economies. I hate you know? when people call him like the orange Cheeto man or whatever. I hate that because I'm like, who gives a fuck about what color his skin is? Who cares about that he tans? Who cares about that he's ugly and he looks like shit all the time? I don't care. That's not funny to me. Move on. Talk about one of the things that he's actually done that is wrong, of which you have thousands of things to choose from. Like, why? Focus on what's actually fucking important and what actually matters, people. This has been Movie Cinema Film.